I start this thing, I want to say I wrote my notes for a guest, but unfortunately, the guest pulled out last second, so my notes are done as a more conversational style, so that's why this might be completely different. Hello, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will guide you through a movie. Each and every month, there's a theme. And as it's September, I'm doing Super Spy September, which is why I look at the first movies of all of the Bond actors, except for George Lismay, because I don't have another guy, so... Tonight, I'm looking at Pierce Brosnan's first go in the tux in Goldeneye. Now... I was so excited to see this back in 1995, when I was, what was that, 16? However, I looked young for my age back then, and everybody thought I was 12, so I couldn't get to see this thing until it came out to VHS, which pissed me off horrendously. I mean, Jesus, jinkies. Now, of course, I played for this for Nintendo 64, GoldenEye 64, and I loved this thing, who didn't, in the 90s. I mean, hmm, my go-to character was, of course, Oddjob, because I was a cheating little so-and-so. Now, this thing came out six years after Licence to Kill, after yet another round of lawsuits by Thunderbolt co-writer Kevin McClure, I think his name was. And he sued and sued and sued to get the rights to Thunderbolt, I think it was. And this is why it was six years, but luckily the producers won. And he's still suing to this day, I believe, so, hmm. This is why... Sir Sean Connery did that god awful Never Say Never Again because that was a remake of Thunderball, hence why it's so fucking. Moving on. <clears throat> on to Pierce Brosnan, who I only knew from Lord Man before this thing. But I have to ask, is he the best James Bond out there? I mean, after all, he has the charm of Connery, the quirkiness and the humour of Moore, and he has the violence of Dalton. So is he the overall best Bond? Hmm. So let's see if I can get on top of this one then. With a budget of $60 million, this thing pulled in $352 million. And that is today's money, it's $116 million, and it pulled in $680 million. Starring Pierce Brosnan, Sean Bean, Famke Janssen, Isabel Scarocco, Joe Don Baker, Rebecca Train, Dame Judy Dench, it's hard to say, Alan Cumming, Godfrey John, Desmond Llewellyn, and Samantha Bond as Miss Moneypenny. Directed by Martin Campbell of The Plot. Nine years after a field mission in Russia, where 006 was killed on duty, 007 is set to investigate the Yanis group after it steals the stealth helicopter. Then the GoldenEye weapon, an AMP weapon that can bring down countries with a single blast. So can 007 stop the Yanis group from sending Britain back to the Stone Age? I find out here. So the first thing I want to talk about is the drum and bass electro score, which gets annoying real quick. Now, I didn't notice this until my boyfriend pointed this one out to me, as he is not a Bond fan. I've seen this movie dozens of times. But all I can hear now is the bloody drum and bass, which most fans still to this day cannot stand. And it's quickly changed back to the traditional Bond theme and Bond score. But right, this is super fucking high, however. And what I want to talk about is the stunt, that stunt, at the time the world's longest bungee jump. 
which I believe it was dead once due to high winds, and the guy almost missed the cue to pull up the gun at the very last second. So then we're introduced to the new 007, Pierce Brosnan, hanging upside down in a toilet as he spews a one-liner. Wow, that's not a good intro, mate. I mean, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> On to our introduction to 006, Alex Trevelyan, played by Sean Bean. I suppose he didn't die of a bloody heart attack or got shot in the bloody head. I mean, hmm. Anyway, the set explodes around a base until 006 is caught by General Ormoff, played by Godfred John. He quickly, quote, kills 006 and Bond blows up the place and runs to catch a plane. And we have another great stunt, which was done for real, I believe, two times this thing had to be done. So as the the plane flies off the... Weirdly, it's a... What the hell is it? One minute it's a nuclear plant, next minute it's a gas plant, next minute it's a generator. I mean, mm, it's a dam, so that's weird. Anyway, he catches the plane and zooms up as it explodes into the titles. And then we have the song by Tina Turner, Goldeneye, written by Bono and Edge, I believe, you too. So. And then we have an introduction to Xenia on a top, played by Famke Janssen, in a red Ferrari chasing down Bond in his iconic DB5, Aston Martin DB5. The best Bond female henchwoman? Hmm, maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe? I mean, I have no idea. That's time for discussion. Although, I will have to say here, there's no chance in hell that 1965 Aston Martin could keep up with a 1995 Ferrari. I mean, hmm. Ah, yes. And spot Martin Campbell as the lead cyclist, Bond knocks over as the the cars speed past a, a group of cyclists. So, at a Monte Carlo casino, Bond plays on a top at cars and wins. And here he says it, Bond, James Bond. So, on a top blows him off and picks up an Adbro and then has sex with him and kills him with her thighs. And this is a nod to Living Daylights as Money, point, money Penny pointed out, as I have to say, there was a female assassin that did so with her thighs. She was a former wrestler, however, so, hmm. So while she's squeezing the life out of the poor general, someone else steals his ID and runs for it. Now, I've got to say here, I love the gadgets in this point. I love Bond's little binocular camera thing that has a zoom better than it have at the time and a picture quality much better than it have at the time, Christ almighty. I love the fact how the printer is the Aston Martin's CD player. Don't I just love the 90s? And you can just tell that was some group sticking the the, the um, paper in the CD thingy as it shot it out or spat it out rather. So. Anyway, I also love the new sassy Moneypenny played by Samantha Bond. She has no time for Bond and his bullshit. And she tells him to be on a top of things. I love that. I use that joke constantly. Next day, Bond checks out the Admiral's boat, finding him dead in a closet. So rushes over to the other boat, just in time to see Xenia stealing the Tiger stealth helicopter, and just flies off of it. I mean, that one works. I mean, so, okay then. Because there is no chance in hell Sean Bean looks like that bloody bald Canadian general, uh, Admiral, I mean, for crying out loud. Anyway, cut to Sevenaya, Russia, a satellite control station where we meet computer programmer Natalia Semenov, played by Isabel Skoropo, and pervert computer programmer Boris Kreshnikov. 
uploaded by Alan Cumming, who chews up every bloody well inch of the scenery. Jesus, jinky. He's a hacker that has hacked into the FBI database, so he can show off how great he is, or he is invincible, as he does that constantly for his bloody well, and it gets annoying as fuck. Oh my god, he just stands up and does the whole double bicep pose, and... Uh, which is something my friends would scream incessantly as we played... Goldeneye 64, I mean, every time he won a bloody round, it was, I am invincible, fuck off. By the way, could he be any more geeky if he tried? He had the John Lennon glasses, the geeky curtain haircuts, he had the leather jacket, he had the Hawaiian shirts and as such, and he was such a bloody nerdiness, it was like, dear oh dear. Anyway, General Ormoff with Onatop lands a Tiger helicopter, and then steals the Goldeneye keys, selects, um the dish to be destroyed by one of the two orbiting satellites and then Zinya kills everybody with a machine gun and just runs off with it. They then fly off in a helicopter with no ill effects as the EMP blows up an atmosphere and takes out the satellite dish and the three Russian MiGs going to investigate the theft. Although I have to say here um, I saw this GoldenEye firing key and it looks like a cheap chunk of plastic rubber was because remember years ago they had a, a 007, um, what the hell it was, exhibition and it had various outfits from various uh, Bond movies and various gadgets and cars and such and Zinya's outfit was the leather outfit she wears in this scene and my god, Fam Ganson's tall, she's what, 5'11", Jesus. But yeah, this, this thing looks cheap. It looks like a cheap chunk of orange plastic, but there we have that one. <clears throat> anyway, on to our instruction to M, played by Dame Judy Dench, the first female M. I love the fact she has no time for Bond, yet she knows he's her number one. So she sends him after General Ermoff to take down the Yanis Corporation. But Bond wants revenge on General Ormoff, and she tells him not to, just to investigate Yanis and then take down Yanis. This is not personal, Double Eleven, you sex misogynistic dinosaur. I love that line. Anyway, in Moscow, 72 hours later, Ormoff quits blaming it all on Boris, except the Russian Minister of whatever the hell he was, a war, I don't fucking know who the Minister was, won't allow him saying two people. Are missing not just one, so check out your facts before you quit. So with that, he now knows Natalia is alive. So Bond goes to visit Q's workshop, and here Q, once again played by Desmond Leyland, gives him an explosive pen, the BMW Z3, a prototype at the time which cost three million dollars. Not to worry, but BMW made three hundred and sixty million dollars on this bloody car. Jesus jinkies. Anyway, a leather belt that has a what was it, a firing hook that can use to swing away from uh, danger. Oh, by the way, I had one of these Parker explosive pens, well actually it wasn't explosive, it was a Parker pen, and I lost it many, many years ago in a move and it pissed me off because I actually won it in a 007 competition, so, hmm. Uh, by the way, what in the actual fuck is that blue and yellow plastic thing in Q's workshop at the end of the scene, where he goes, don't touch that, this is my lunch, what the fuck is that blue and yellow thing, I mean, I've seen this movie dozens of times, what the fuck is that? I also love the, um, 
airbag office chair as it ejects the guys flying across the room. I love that one. Anyway, cut to Moscow where Bond meets his new Phoenix Lighter, except he's called Jack Wadiness for reasons. Played by Joe Don Baker, who played Whitaker in The Living Daylights. He is CIA, so why not just use Felix Lighter then? I mean, hmm. Other fact he calls him a stiff-ass Brit, Bond it is. I mean, hmm. Murad, he calls Bond stuff, whatever. Meanwhile, Natalia goes to visit an IBM office to use the computers to contact Boris and hope he is okay. And by the way, my boyfriend is a bit of a computer programmer and laughed out loud at the specs you spewed out to him. He says to me a modern smartphone is like a thousand times more powerful than the shit she spewed out, so never that one. Anyway, they, they promised me up at some church and they do so and surprise surprise, he backstabs her and she's taken prisoner. So, anyway, so Wade takes Bond to see Valentine Zarkonsky, played by Robbie Coltrane, Russian Mafia. And he is the nemesis of the Yanis group. By the way, spot me driver as uh, Coltrane's singing off-key fucking stand-by-your-man awful girlfriend, mistress, what the fuck she is, moving on very swiftly. As I says... Boris sets up Natalia as to be about a church and they get kidnapped and surprisingly to no one, he's a backstabbing little so-and-so. Bond then meets Valentine and gets him to sit up with Yanis after he pays him off. However, Valentine warns him Yanis is a Cossack and cannot be trusted because apparently they're the ones that were... Oh, whatever, you do the bloody googling. So that night at Bond's hotel, Zinya tries to some fun times of Bond, but he's having none of it and holds her at gunpoint. And here, Famke broke her ribs as she was rammed into the wall by Pierce Brosnan at full speed on her insistence. There we that one. And she takes him to see Yanis, and surprise, surprise, it's double six. Wow, who didn't see that one coming? Bond is then knocked out after a bit of back and forth and then placed in the Tiger helicopter where one of its own heat seeking missiles are programmed to destroy itself once it fired all its back. But of course, Bond gets out last minute by using his head to whack the eject seat and him and Natalia blast off into the, the sky. Her being a typical backseat driver, gets all pissy at Bond once they escape the helicopter and tell the Russian police arrest him on the spot and take him for questioning. As in the jail, Bond and Natalia bond just like that. Then Bond escapes because, of course, he does, he's James Bond, and chases after Natalia, who is then taken prisoner by Oromov after he kills the Russian minister framing Bond. Bond steals a tank and drives it through the streets of Moscow. And apparently this was a four-week shoot, and I love how Natalia is just as useless in this escape as she is in the body Nintendo game, Jesus, I hated that bloody escort message. I hated her. She was a fucking useless character in a body video game. So anyway, so Bond chases them all the way to Janice, Janice's rather armoured uh, train. And apparently this thing was done for real. The whole smashing up that... Oh, whatever. Ormov boards it with Natalia as Bond drives down track and tries to derail the train using the tank's gun. Now on board, Bond rescues Natalia and is given three minutes to escape by 006 as the train will blow up. 
Natalia uses this time to hack into Boris, while Bond uses his laser watch to cut through the floor. She hacks him and finds out he's in Cuba. So cut to Cuba. Bond gets a single engine plane from Wade and flies to the second dish site to take down 006. Why the fuck is our one control centre in Russia and one in Cuba? Who cares? It's a Bond movie. A missile from the hidden underground dish shoots down the plane so Zinnia goes in for a kill and tries to squeeze the life out of Bond. But she's attached to the helicopter so Bond shoots down the pilot and she has the squeeze of her lifetime as the helicopter pulls her through trees and crushes her to death. She also did love a good squeeze. So back in the control room, 006 gets Boris to target London with the GoldenEye weapons and then hack into the back of England and steal all of Britain's wealth, fire a weapon and wipe out the theft. Ooh, Kirad, so he's nothing but a petty thief then. Anyway, Bond is now inside the control room and sets up bombs as Natalia hacks into and then reprograms Boris's handiwork. She is caught, but of course she is, not too worry, however. There is gasoline pouring out of gas tanks that no one A sees or B smells. Bond then tricks Boris into throwing the explosive pen into the gas as a blows control room sky high after he can't unhack Natalia's handiwork. I mean, Jesus Christ. And this is utterly ridiculous. As Boris finds out he isn't invincible at all as liquid oxygen explodes over him and freezes him solid in place in his double bicep victory pose. Oh, this is so sad. Bond runs to destroy the dish so 006 and him fight in a control tower as 006 falls to his death. With Goldeneye satellite burning up in atmosphere, Bond finds out just how nimble Natalie's fingers are as credits roll. So that was Goldeneye. Apart from some cheap model effects, dodgy acting from coming, this is a pretty solid Bond opener for Brosnan. Great stunts, a cool car, nice gadgets, and a semi-useful Bond girl. However, what the hell is a computer programmer doing hacking shit in Cuba and all this crap? Why is she still hanging around with this British secret agent? I mean, hmm, such as credibility, just a scooch. But moving on, I'm going to give this thing a 008 out of 10. Now, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. And follow me on Twitter at Here's a Johnny's A Pod. Check out one of my hundreds of other podcasts. And next week, I wrap things up with Daniel Craig's first run in the tux. A bye. And James Bond will return in Casino Royale.